actually the word mix is not the correct word. Uh, I think a better descriptive descriptive word would be brew. The Austin Chow. The brew. Ah. Yeah. So this okay. is a bottle. It's about twenty bucks, but um, yeah, it's uh, nice. Good Austin yeah. Chow. Nice, nice. Yeah. So I mean I wanted to wanted to have you on to to just talk about this. I mean there's so many things going on in my head uh, personally. Mm-hmm. Um this is not okay. the first time in your you know life or my mm-hmm. life where this has happened what, what we've seen mm-hmm. over the past week or so. Uh exactly. we've probably probably you know uh, the sad thing is we've probably seen worst. And yeah, we we've have, lived yeah, we've, we've lived through it 2014 yeah 2014 I 2014, think it was yeah. a lot yeah with exactly the, with the flotilla and everything yeah Oh yeah and then even on top of that if you remember I remember the 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 Beirut bombing uh pretty yeah, well, as well I think that was yeah. thir- what was that 2000 I think it was before 2010 right something Yeah that was 2006 yeah the, the Arab Arab Israel, Israel. Uh, uh, yeah the Lebanese uh, the Lebanese Israel war Yeah so that uh, was even is... exactly and and that was even you know more brutal I remember and uh, mm-hmm. uh at the time i used to write a diary and i remember you know um journaling my thoughts about that um which which uh-huh. uh aren't too different from from what i'm feeling right now but uh this is definitely not about what's happening right now of course it is in the sense that this mm-hmm. has triggered this conversation but exactly. uh sadly this is going to continue until we find a a resolution to this but i wanted to wanted to bring you in because you're pretty much active in these types mm-hmm. of discussions on your socials and then also i think as an aspiring uh activist mm-hmm. um you know um and somewhat of an aspiring ex- activist myself um mm-hmm. uh, i i i think it's important to just you know tap into these discussions i think what we usually hear from our parts of the world is mm-hmm. a very disorganized disenfranchised almost and almost reactionary uh, reactionary um you know reaction from pakistan and indo indo pakistan world which is mm-hmm. which is the which is not really well received in any part of the world uh, exactly you know including the arab world so they don't even exactly. hold any of our protests or any of our you know uh, the death thumping in any of the mm-hmm. any regards so i think it's very important to 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 register ourselves as what our thoughts are and where we stand and of course we know where we stand but i think where our thought process is and where how this this feeling of justice and you know standing up against injustice uh, you know starts and brews from at least from our personal backgrounds so mm-hmm. wanted to bring you in i think one of the first things i also wanted to plug here um in addition to Austin Chaiwal of course is is um uh, not just balancing uh, the 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 Palestinian brutality or brutality that happened against Palestinians uh, we've seen this week I think we saw an uh, inequally gruesome and probably more saddening uh, attack on a school in Afghanistan um mm-hmm. and uh, although you know people like you you or me have probably 
equally you know condemned both these things uh, with the same hatred uh, against the oppressor sadly that's not the case for all um, these um, you know people who are standing up against either of those uh, attacks exactly. it, i also wanted yeah i also wanted to, to talk to you about that but definitely. i mean generally generally i mean uh, from your background what do you find in terms of differences uh, like if i was a, a white american or an arab or anyone who's not living in that region and i know generally what your feelings are against uh, you know the you know on the uh, israeli palestinian conflict what do you think is misunderstood and what do you think you need to like clarify from our part of the world where you know this is still a, a huge talking point we still you know commemorate kashmir day in pakistan so it's a uh, it's a huge talking point and and palestine is is a huge uh, item of discussion not just religiously but politically as well so where do you think is what do you think is is misunderstood from our part of the world by people who are non subcontinent i think one of the biggest issues especially uh speaking with my friends who of uh lebanese and palestinian background is a lot of times they feel that we in the indo-pak region we do a lot of lip service but not actual you know service of the the cause for instance uh and this is in no disrespect to our people but i mean right now uh the prime minister of pakistan for instance he's mm-hmm. i understand he's on a umrah tour of mm-hmm. saudi arabia but mm-hmm. he's you know meeting with mohammed bin salman he's probably going to go meet with uh the khalifa family in bahrain and then with the emirati leaders and with the qatari leaders and you know uh, let's be real these arab nations have abandoned the palestinian cause mm-hmm. and you know there's a huge push to normalize relationships with the zionist regime which you know yes alhamdulillah you know pakistan being one of the few countries pakistan and bangladesh for that matter mm-hmm. that explicitly on their passports it says they these they do not recognize the state of israel and these their passport is not valid on those countries and those people are not welcomed in our country mm-hmm. and whereas you know that's a great gesture and that is symbolically it's very important but the problem is we keep siding with these people and for whatever reason you know monetary financial reasons or whatever it is uh for foreign aid but we keep you know saying we keep drawing you know red lines in the sand but we keep moving the goalpost you know yeah, in a way do. and you know so if you think even uh, from that point of view from a kashmiri point of view they're like you know their issue uh, like and rightfully so would be you know you keep talking about pakistan talks about kashmir but what have what has pakistan actually done for kashmir or for palestine for that matter i mean right. we talk a great talk you know uh, and you know when we uh, and talking about the 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 infamous image of Zulfiqar Ali Bhutto in the UN yeah. ripping up those papers comes to mind but at the end of the day that those are great symbolic gestures but it, right. what are we doing right and that that's the question and you know especially like for instance a lot of us we uh, commemorate al-quds day uh, because especially in the shia community because we have an affinity to atullah khomeini rahmatullah may allah bless his soul who was the founder of the Islamic revolution in Iran and who had declared some 40 odd years ago uh, the day of al-quds the last friday of the uh, holy month of ramadan to be a day of remembrance for the palestinian cause and for especially al-quds 
which is Arabic for Jerusalem. Right. But the problem, and I mean, uh, I saw this at the Houston uh, protest that I went to, and we've seen this across the board. There is never anyone, yeah, we're all present at the Al-Quds rally, but there's no non-Desi, non-Shia really. That unfortunately causes a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my headphones just went out. I apologize about that. No problem. Yeah, so that causes a lot of problems uh, for the Arab world where, you know, they're like, you're commemorating our day, but you don't include us. We need to, you know, have a more stronger connection. Uh, for instance, uh, in four days uh, on the 15th, it is uh, International Naqaba Day, which is the day that, you know, the Palestinians celebrate as a day of calamity for them when the state of Israel was officially recognized in 1948. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we will be hard-pressed to find how many of us in the in the world even know about Naqaba Day. Mm-hmm. And, you think, know, if yeah. we are going to go and, um, you know, have these uh, discussions and, you know, we want to, you know, hold these protests, well, well, the first step we need to do is bring in people from Palestine, people from Kashmir, people from these oppressed people. You can't just have a forum on someone and not include them. Yeah, I think I think that that's a good point you bring up. I think another another point that I've seen uh, over the years, um, you know, attending the Al-Quds rallies and not just here in Pakistan as well and attending these um, um, sermons, if you like, from, you know, the um, various clerics. I think one thing that also misses, uh, you know, from our end is, and maybe that's not our fault, is just the inclusiveness uh, inclusiveness of the whole Islamic community. Mm-hmm. I think even in Pakistan, I haven't seen... Um, and and I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I haven't seen Sunnis commemorate Al Quds Day as mm-hmm. you know fervorously as we do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's as if as if it's it's our day. If you and if I'm remembering this correctly, a few years ago, um, this could be seven eight years ago, there was an attack on an Al Quds rally in Pakistan, in Lahore wow. or somewhere in Punjab, and mm-hmm. that was and because it and the the, the reason was because it's uh you know. Shia dominated rally. So, you know, what do you do when a bunch of uh, Shias uh, commemorate or gather together? You bomb them, of course, right? That's 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 just page number one. Um, exactly. So, so uh, and I was so shocked to find that out. I mean, you would understand if it's like a Jalus or, you know, uh, a Muharram Majlis or something like that, because you, and even that's barbaric, of course, but mm-hmm. you would be like, okay, anyone who's not in that Majlis is probably anti that Madlis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not in the Al Quds rally, what what are you saying? Are you like anti Al Quds now as well? Like that's and and especially when you have people from the other side screaming about Palestine, as you say, without any action. But when you have a platform, they don't they don't feel like sharing it because it has Imam uh, Khomeini's picture attached to it or his idea attached to it. So that's the thing, right? Like at that point, I would wonder, you know, it's I. I would say the part also lies with us. The blame, part of the blame is with us as organizers that have we, you know, we're saying that, oh, you're not joining our cause, but have we done the due diligence to make it inclusive? Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people outside of the Shia world actually even consider? Yeah, true, true. And again, so like if, you know, the problem again comes to the fact that we, 
you know, wanna, you know, you don't need to have a picture of Khomeini to be, to have this be for Khomeini. it to be considered uh, considered a good state. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, because I think uh, Ayatollah Khomeini uh, would be more than happy to not have his image if it means more people are coming out and standing up for this cause. Of course, of course, or and, or an or an Iranian flag for that matter. So I think that's exactly. also something commonly you see that. And and to me, like one of the things with Al Quds, the problem I see with actually most protests, and Al Quds is actually a great example of this. We come there, we shout, we chant, we have our signs. We, by the way, we get approval from the oppressor to do these protests against the oppressor, right? And it, to me, it it's like so. You know, we got the approval. Hey, Uncle Sam, we're gonna go. Uh, like for instance, in the U.S., more I can speak more for that than any other right. country. It, which United States is the biggest ally and supporter of the Zionist regime. We're going here. In our Houston. tax dollars. Yeah, our tax dollars, about three over three billion of our tax dollars are going every year to fund the IDF. Right. We're going protesting. We're getting permits that we're going to go. And from like, you know, 3 p.m. to like 7 p.m., we're going to be protesting on uh, in markets uh, in, in Union Square, for instance, in San Francisco right. or, in, you know, by the convention center in San Jose or right. in downtown Houston or downtown Dallas or New York, Chicago. But what is the point of all that? Like, what are we doing besides that protest? Are I think we... that's, that's a very good point you brought up. And, and you, you, I want you to continue on that because I wanted to add another question on top of that is something that I've heard from my friends and people around me uh, when I've invited them to an Al-Quds rally is like, hey, dude, what's the point? Like exactly. you have like 60 people coming in, at least in Fremont, for example, or, yeah. you know, 100 people yeah. gathering somewhere in San Francisco or blah, blah, blah. It's a small number, dude. That's not going to liberate Palestine or anything for that matter. That's not going to liberate a, even a house in Palestine. So why are mm-hmm. we even doing this? And I, I always struggle to find an answer to this other than the fact that, hey, if I can't do anything, at least I can do this. So where do you stand on that? Do you feel like these protests are counterproductive or are we just trying to pander to our own goodness in our hearts where we're saying that, hey, at least I'm, I'm this good? I mean, to be, and to be quite candid, right? And this is, and I say this with full responsibility. If any of your viewers want to come and find me, uh, my uh, uh, Instagram uh, handle is uh, Soroshi. Uh, 510 they can come talk to me they can find me on facebook we'll tag you about yeah. my number yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tag you on the on the post so yeah. to have this conversation but the problem is we're not doing this for palestine we're doing this because it makes us feel good and there to be you. honest there you go it's become trendy right going to al sure. it's cool it at, at imam bargat sabah i remember like oh yeah we're doing al quds rally because it's cool Right. Yeah. You show up with your little kafayas. You show up with the little Palestinian flags, Irani flags, and you know, like, it looks cool. You know, you, you look a like a token rabbi uh, speaking. Yeah. yeah, token rabbi. I mean, and to be honest with you, I actually had a discussion. I actually picked up the rabbi who came to the Houston rally. Right. Nice guy. Uh, Davud uh, Feldman, very nice guy from New York. Enjoyed co- uh, conversating with him, but I asked him point blank, "Where do?" the Israelis get this concept of the return, the right to return. And obviously he gave me an esoteric answer, which was, you know, it's a state of mind that you need to go and that God has forbidden you. But 
to be honest with you, it is part of their belief and religion that mm. they do that that is their land. Right. Right. So, I mean, asking a Jew to denounce uh, the return to Zion, and that's where the term Zionist comes from, is right. someone who it is the Jews' right right now to go to Zion, right? Right. It's like asking a Shia to denounce the Vilayat of Ali ibn Abi Talib. It's yeah, part, it's, it's part it's of part the identity. Right, 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 right. So, you know, like, again, the issue that I have with these protests is who are we doing these protests for? And to be honest with you, the reason we do these protests, I, I can't speak for in Pakistan, but in the U.S., is because there's no real general harm to us. There's no real, you know, We're exercising our freedom. That's what it is. Right. Like, because uh, one year I remember, um, and this was, I think, 2014, 15 or 16. That was when they had like those prisoners, you know, who were drinking like salt water just to survive and stuff. Mm -hmm. One of the things I suggested was, you know, why don't we do a sit in at the governor's mansion in Austin and, you know, like cuff ourselves to the doors and refuse to leave or go to the Capitol? the Texas Capitol and refused to leave until the state of uh, Texas or the Texas legislature, you know, uh, issues a, um, a bill uh, condemning uh, the ill treatment of the Palestinian political prisoners. And I was met with the response, which I actually anticipated, but I was disappointed by it. And that was, we have our lives. We don't want to get in trouble. We don't want, you know, like we have our jobs, we have our you know careers. We don't you know we have our families. We don't want to put ourselves at risk, and that's what it is. It's you know like to be honest with you, you you think about a Palestinian, you tell them, oh Palestine, Palestine, don't you cry, or Gaza, Gaza, don't you cry. Mm-hmm. I I'm here for you. I'm always here for Palestine. Whatever these you know slogans, to them it's like okay, these are platitudes. You're not doing anything for me. Actually, I'll I'll give you a small example. It's Ramadan. We are eating Makjul dates, right? Mm-hmm. There is a a lot of dates are sourced from Israel. Yeah. How many actually do the research to do do the due diligence to make sure that it, these are not a product of Israel, or you How know many? the the Palestinian version of those dates? Right. Right. I think, I think that's 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 a that's an interesting point you brought up. I think that that links with the BDS discussion I also yeah. wanted to bring up, uh, which I feel is a much bigger um, platform to really have your voices heard because you know um, I think hitting anyone financially is probably the best way. I mean, I think protests are not going to not going to solve anything um, in my personal opinion. But I'm not going to say don't have protests. But I think still it's a it's a good. But- platform to at least raise your voice. I think that's all what it is, but it's not going to resolve anything. Exactly. Is the first step. It is the first step. And I think a very basic first step, like yeah. come out the, and say the, what's right. And that's um, a bear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I wanted to get back to, on, uh, back to you on that, but I also wanted to bring up a, a couple of more things here. Um, mm-hmm. One is, um, some like reactions, right? So we hear about the reactions. We hear about tweets. We hear about this and that. One of the reactions I shared with you about, you know, um, Andrew yeah. Yang's reaction, you know, uh, which was you, quite ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry, what? You seen the backlash he's gotten? Oh, I haven't seen the backlash, but has he uh, has yeah. he gone back okay. on his words or no? 
no, but like AOC called him out. Um, he did. Oh, she did. Yeah, and um, Ilhan Omar called him out. Uh, I saw Ilan's uh, tweet. I yeah. didn't see AOC's. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll forward it to you when I find it. Um, and wow. the thing was that's good. Uh, he was actually going to a Eid gala. Oh. And they canceled. They the organizers told him, please don't come. Of course. So ridiculous. Yeah. So it's um, he is getting his, and uh, you know that's the problem with a lot of you know the miseducation in the U.S. The indoctrination, almost uh, the Zionist indoctrination, where you know a false equivalency where Palestinians are seen as these terrorists, you know, uh, launching rockets and poor uh, Israelis. Well. You know, the Israeli aggressors who are, uh, you know, these settlers were coming in and encroaching. And, you know, like we're not even talking about the fact of as that we don't recognize the Zionist regime. We're talking about the fact that in 1967, the border that was drawn between mm-hmm. Palestine and Israel, that these settlers are encroaching upon that land. The the illegal occupation. Yeah, we, of- we've almost gone past 1948 now. We're like, dude, OK, so let's forget the original Palestine. Yeah. Let's just give us what you actually promised us, right? So the discussion has moved moved beyond that now. It's like ridiculous now. Exactly. At this point, the even if you look at the Palestinian or PLO and you know Hamas and all these guys, Hamas, Fatah, all them, they're not arguing for a two-state solution anymore. They're saying, give us the right as an equal within Israel. Right. They're not getting that either. And the thing is, I mean, I don't know if you saw the video of that one Zionist settler who broke into this Palestinian lady's house. And his response was, if I don't take over your house, somebody else is going to do it. And that's the brazen brutality of what's going on. You are like, I mean, Gaza to this day is the largest open air prison. Right. And and I wanted to go back to, on, uh, you know, the the response. The reason why I brought up that uh, tweet from um, Andrew Yang, I think another person who's getting a lot of stick in the media, at least in the Pakistani, not media, but like the Twitter space, is Malala's tweet. Did you see that? I did not. So first of all, where, where do you stand? Like, where do you stand on Malala? Are you like anti-Malala, pro? Like, where, where do you where do you stand? Personal take on Malala. I respect her. As a person, I respect her as a humanitarian, as someone who's fighting for women's rights and for, uh, especially in Pakistan, education, yeah, educational rights for. But you're not, you're people. not one of those one of those people who think that she wasn't shot, right? So you're not. No, uh, definitely not. I mean, I mean, the thing is, to me, like, yes, she was, you know, definitely a target of a hate crime by the, the Taliban who right. saw, right. Uh, do I believe that she is a godsend leader for the people of Pakistan? No. No, of course not. Of course, nobody, nobody <laughs> should or does that. Yeah. But I think I think some of the people who are anti her believe that people who support her are thinking that that she's the answer to every problem Pakistan has. Of course not. That's not she's, the the point. She's a kid. I mean, she's a kid. She's an absolute kid. So let's just keep yeah. her to that. I think what my problem with uh, a couple of things. I think it's a, it's almost a dilemma in my head. When I saw her tweet. I, my honest reaction was, I was like, I think you could have done better mm-hmm. uh, because it was, it was like a Hollywood uh, person, like a, you know, one of those Hollywood uh, personalities, a scripted, a yeah. scripted uh, tweet where it's very, 
it's very mild it's not like and i'm not expecting her to say you know chant death to israel or anything like that but i mean just name i've seen footballers with so much more stakes in you know and part of their careers who are living and earning their their livelihoods in the uk come out with bigger statements so I, what i let me answer it this way i think uh malala needs to go spend some time in ireland for a couple of years oh that yeah might- of course of course of course of course so so my honest reaction was that and then uh, part of the where the, the dilemma comes in is when i saw another tweet which says that why are we expecting her to 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 speak for this like she's not an elected leader she's not a a you know a celebrity she's she's a kid exactly. so why, why do we why do we need her to speak about anything and why should she be criticized for that matter so where do you stand on those two dilemmas i think those two arguments so my take on this is i think especially in pakistan we have this and in india too for a large part we have this whole uh, issue of hero worship right yeah and case in point the reason imran khan right now is the prime minister of pakistan that's a prime example of hero worship right True. the guy the great cricketer doesn't mean he's going to be an amazing politician mm-hmm. but i mean she has her niche it's great that she put out a tweet but that's not something we should expect from her exactly and i, I think yeah that's that's this, a fair point yeah and in fact i think it's better that a pakistani female educationalist icon does not go on record speaking about the plights of the palestinian cause because and i'll quote uh, sayed ali sistani on this when uh, the americans invaded uh, in 2003 they went to him and said hey you know we realize you're the most powerful person in this country how do you want to run this country and his response was a very beautiful response and i think a lot of us should and there's a lot of wisdom in this and we should take uh, it into note where he said to them that uh, atul sistani said uh, to the american general that you are an american and i by birth and by citizenship am an iranian and this is a country of the iraqis let the iraqis decide what they want to do right you know that's we can show our support and solidarity but doesn't we shouldn't be the leading voice in that we should be allies you know, we should realize that our place exactly. is allies yes because as much as we like to talk about uh 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 you know this whole ban al muslimin uh, and um wahdat al muslimin and mm-hmm. you know the uh, you know unity muslim and umma, muslim umma yeah. concept yeah these are noble concepts but in reality we are all bound to our nation states we all have our priorities and right. you know and our tribes and you know not everybody can be ali sistani and ali khamenei or you know someone like you know neymar or someone or, or not neymar or like ronaldo or something that has the uh, the star power to go put out a tweet or ronaldo a state does that yeah and mosala did it and sadio mane did it right now i saw his is uh, exactly. uh post as well um exactly and you know yeah. you have like people like bernie sanders they can do it right like exactly but not everybody is that level of leader certainly malala is not i know a lot of her supporters are trying to make her out to be that mm-hmm. but she well, she is at the end of the day a kid who's getting her bearings i mean would you expect uh uh in that regards um you know if so uh nazif was his name uh balawal bhutto zardari if the uh, if he had put out a statement everybody would be condemning him too so yeah, why I, yeah, why exactly. 
the same why is the same level of scrutiny not given to Malala? Who by the way is older than her, he actually has political positioning and he is an elected member of the Pakistani parliament. Yeah, he is exactly he is. Um I, yeah, exactly. I think I think too much is expected of her. That's that's we'll have a different chat, uh, you know, on on Malala's uh, existence and and why she's so polarizing, which to this day, you know, really, you know, uh, surprises me, and I can't understand why that 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 is the case. But ego. Um, yeah, it, it's mostly mostly ego in a nutshell. One more thing uh, before I let you go, I wanted to you know also bring up and discuss, which is something very close to both of our hearts, is. Is the uh, the bigotry that we also see amongst us, right? Um, we we see, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we we see people, you know, really crying out, rightfully so, for Palestine. But no mention happens of the plight of the Hazaras. I did an episode on Hazaras when I talked about what you know we should be uh, in terms of you know we're both we're both uh, privileged. Uh, mm-hmm. individuals in that perspective, even as part of the Shia clan, we're privileged in within that clan, right? Because we're not from a skin, like the, how we look, exactly. we can't be exactly. recognized as a uh, a practicing, um, you know, follower yeah. of the, the yeah, exactly. So, so, um, yeah, sorry, uh, I was saying, I actually was having that exact discussion with one of the brothers a couple of days ago about how, you know, you know, we were talking about how and it was actually Sayyid Bilal Rizvi. Uh, mm-hmm. He's an alim, uh, up-and-coming alim, but wonderful zakir. If uh, the Ribatul ever has a chance, they should definitely invite him. Um, right. We were talking about this and how, you know, the now in Pakistan, I don't know if you've heard, they're trying to start the Hazara political party. Mm-hmm. And the problem that is, which with that is, unfortunately, that kind of misses a point where they're not attacking the Hazara because the Hazara look like the Hazara. They attack the Hazara right. ideological beliefs, as you said. And, and they're it, attacking the ideological belief and Hazaras are an easy target. That's how I exactly, describe it. They're not, exactly. they're not anti-Hazara per se. Exactly. You and I as a Shia, we can sit here, sit at home and uh, do our majlises at home and we will never be caught. Yeah. Quote unquote, right? Quote unquote, quote. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I can go, like, we are both Urdu speaking. We can go to any part of Bancholi or mm. uh, any part of Karachi. And the first question wouldn't be, oh, Tum Shio. It will be, oh, you're Mahajir or you're Urdu speaking. Likewise, right. you know, we have... It's all blanketed. And- our, our own yeah. identity is blanketed amongst so many, identities, like Sindhi, Punjabi, Mahajir, exactly. and then comes Shia or Sunni, right? Exactly. Um, uh, Another element of this, this bigotry that we see within our communities is, um, and it is bigotry. I mean, prove, prove me wrong. I don't think there's any any other reason why people wouldn't be speaking about one atrocity and not the other, especially if it's happening back to back in the, on the same day even, right? I would um, say more bigotry. It's, so it's bigotry, yes, but it's also part and parcel ignorance. Yeah. Or, uh, to give them the benefit of the doubt, yes, ignorance. But I know people who know this is happening. I, know, I mean, our tweets have been like exploding like crazy. People know about this event, but still they don't speak about it. So ignorance is, I think, a very small way to describe it. But I think it's mostly bigotry. But anyway, but another thing of what I see is, is um, the reaction that we see that anytime Tayyip Erdogan speaks on this, which mm-hmm. is good that he does as a state uh, a head of state of a Muslim country. Uh, 
uh, speaks really well on the Palestinian cause, anti-Israel, you know, all of that stuff. And he but, brings but, on but, the but at the same time, he does have, his country does have uh, economic relationships with the country. This country does yeah. recognize the state of Israel, right? So that's, we're not going to, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to assume that's not happening, right? But at the same time, the, I wanted to give, you know, bring, bring your thoughts on this, this point that I always wonder about, ponder about is, we have this one person who has state relationships, speaks really well against Israel, is touted to be a Muslim leader. And we, we all clap for him and we say, great, good job. Um, but then we have a country by the name of Iran who does all of that minus the state relationship, actually denounces the state of Israel from day one uh, of their existence in their current form. But yet they are considered, uh, you know, a secret ally of Israel. Have you heard this as well? Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, how do you describe this? This, this can't be ignorance. This is, this is sheer bigotry, in my opinion. This, this is bigotry, and again, this is coupled with ignorance, right? Like this yeah. is coupled with. You know, I'll give you a story of someone you and I know. I'm not going to mention their name. Mm-hmm. There's a brother uh, within our community uh, mm-hmm. back home, Fremont, and Sabah, that he. He was born Sunni. He lived in one of the uh, Arab states. Mm-hmm. And he came into, uh, uh, you know, he was told, oh, you know, like in that particular state, uh, Arab state, there were also a lot of Shias there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stay the Shias because, you know, on the 9th of Muharram, they turn off their lights and then they do, you know, orgies and yeah, yeah. Uh, they do all these stupid stuff. So he's yeah. like, okay, what? I'm going to go for myself. And I'm going to go see. He went there. He listened to the Muslims. He learned about Shia Islam. He came back. And he said to the Mufti who had told him this, he's like, you're lying. He's like, had you ever gone? No. But that's what I've heard from my elders. <laughs> and that a lot of times, like this, you know, secret ally thing, you go tell them, okay, where do you get this from? And it's like, oh, I heard it from the elders. And then to be honest with you, let's talk, if we're going to talk about Turkey and Iran, then we have to talk about another very important country in that region uh, because of their petrodollars. They have been very well at funding their perverted and, uh, to be honest, deranged ideology and across the Muslim world. And not only across the Muslim world, but in the U.S. You can go to, in uh, quoting Sayyid Amar Naqshani, you can go to any Sunni Masajid and you will find, uh, you'll pick up a book and you look at it, where was it published? The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And the beloved because, kingdom. Yes. And, you know, to be honest with you, Arzegan and, you know, Muhammad bin Salman, all these guys, I'm like, yeah, great, you're talking about the Palestinian cause, but are you? how are you aiding and protecting the Palestinians? Here's the thing. To me, when I hear that, you know, Iran is financing Hamas, I don't take that as the, you know, as a defensive. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. Yes. My Shia brothers are funding the only resistance in Palestine. Which who, who the resistance, which, which has serious ideological and existent, existential differences mm-hmm. with the Iranian people and uh, our community. And they don't, they don't even consider us if we should be alive. Um, yeah, I mean, majority of Palestinians are of the Salafist brand. Right. But they, st- I have ran into uh, Palestinians who have nothing but ill will towards Shias. But you ask them, okay, what's your opinion of 
Sayyid Hassan or of Imam Khomeini. They're like, oh, we love Sayyid Hassan or we love mm-hmm. Sayyid uh, Arullah Khomeini because they recognize that in their time of need, in their time of isolation, the only people that stood up for them are the Shias of Al Muhammad. And mm-hmm. you know, you know, as as Shias, you know, we should take pride and lessons that what we have been able to do in Iran, what we have been able to do in South Lebanon, why can we not emulate that in Pakistan? That, you know, stop relying on the government to come and rescue you mm-hmm. or you know, foreign, uh, you know, uh, aid in the UN to rescue you. We need to, uh, you know, embark on this journey of self-reliance, and we need to ban to the first thing I think the Shias of the Indo-Pak need to do is unify. And we need leadership. We need to unify ourselves and we need to find that leadership. I think uh, Sayyid Maulana Shansha Naqwi is a wonderful example of leadership. Good example. Yeah. Yes. Or even, you know, Maulana uh, Sajid uh, Naqwi. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, you know, is also a fantastic example of that. Exactly. And, you know, and people like you know AMZ, uh, Ali Murtaza Rizvi, uh, Ali mm-hmm. Murtaza Dadi. We, yeah, we, yeah, we have these ulama, right? We have people that are willing to uh, to stand up, but we need to stand up. And I think you know the thing that we can, the beauty that we can take from the Palestinian cause. I mean, Al Aqsa, we know what was happening. The twenty seventh of Ramadan for our uh, brothers and Ahl Sunnah is the night of Qadr. Mm-hmm. It's Laylatul Qadr. It's Shab uh, Qadr. And they were there with rocks defending Al-Aqsa. Admirable. But rocks. In Pakistan, I mean, especially if you go into the tribal regions, everybody has a gun. How are you telling me that people can come and kill 60 uh, or in Kabul, right? Like, How are you telling me that you have, someone has the audacity to come and kill 50 of our daughters in broad daylight? Right. And you uh, you know, Shahadat is of course the miras of Al Muhammad and the Shias of Al Muhammad, right? But the Shias of Al Muhammad also need to rise up. I mean, and they also didn't go looking for it. Al Muhammad exactly. didn't go look for Shahadat. They they were, you know, they were the circumstances that were created. They they accepted it, yes. Exactly. But they didn't they didn't go out and stand in front of you know uh, uh, swords and said, yeah, just kill me so I can get Shahada. No, you still have and, to be smart and protect yourself. Exactly. And even when they were being killed, until the moment they were killed, uh, uh, they were murdered, they kept resisting the oppressor. Mm-hmm. Kept fighting back against the oppressor. And they kept, I mean, Imam Hussain's the perfect example. Like he literally died defending what his principles. Yep. He wasn't, uh, he didn't put his sword down and say, okay, you can come and kill me. No, he, I'll be afraid either way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kept fighting and he kept giving dawah till the day he uh, till the moment he died. Right. Likewise, uh, you know, I will use the example of his, but I love uh, you know what they have done. It's a militant organization of you know maybe five thousand, ten thousand strong, right? Mm-hmm. With AK forty sevens and RPGs. And they have been, it, 2006, it's been almost two decades since the Zionist regime has even dared to step into South Lebanon. Right. 
exactly and that was a huge huge standout from them as well so um yeah it was again like i said i couldn't have found the right person to have this conversation with so so really appreciate your time um that you've given me on such short notice i think the crux of our discussion as i said is it's a talk about just the generic uh, um you know um aspect of this conflict i didn't want to focus in just on what happened as brutal and um you know un uh, unacceptable as it was i think we all condemn it with our absolute might what i just mm-hmm. want to make sure anyone who listens to this is is don't be uh, triggered selectively i think mm-hmm. that's a very important thing and i you know have that struggle like anybody else as well that mm-hmm. i also keep checking my you know my privileges and see hey am i just reacting to a certain type of violence or certain type of injustice or am i reacting to all injustice because that should be our goal no one's a masoom no one's no one's perfect uh, but for the 14 um so it's always very important to not just be you know um you know um, you know headstrong about how you react on what do you react but i think it's also very important to look around and see okay if something's equally horrendous has happened around regardless of what your ideological differences is there were kids those were really those were innocent kids so i think like we all stood up for the uh, army public school you know massacre which was also just you know brutal um mm-hmm. everyone and up for uh, you know um the massacre that happened or continues to happen against the hazara shias um and then also continue to support the palestinian cause um through Definitely. whatever means we can do any in any the, free notes yeah like in the words of, like adding on to your point in the words of dr king an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere and you know we need to be cognizant of that and while we're talking about palestine and kashmir and about what's going on in kabul and to the hazara right here in the united states we are still having police brutality we have mm-hmm. young african american sure. latinos being murdered by the state uh, sanctioned police true the state murdering them and you know that is also an injustice and a uh, And I, to, and I want to you know do a separate uh, podcast on that too because i think one of the very important points you brought up was we getting like where when we do protest we're actually asking the the oppressor that hey can we come out and uh, and speak against you i think that's very important that's a very important aspect of protesting because when people when things get violent mm-hmm. everyone starts saying hey it shouldn't happen you know this shouldn't happen case in point the black lives movement you know when things started to get a little bit quote unquote violent you know with stores being robbed and blah 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 people were like oh this shouldn't happen because you know you know uh, protest should always be peaceful and i'm like are we, no, are we saying are we saying that we need to get the validation of the very people oppressing us that exactly. how we, that's ridiculous that's just nonsensical definitely it's i mean uh in a few wor- uh, minutes let me just like wrap that up on that uh, the whole point of a protest is to make those who don't know about it inform them mm-hmm. and those who know about it and are complicit in it to make them un- uncomfortable exactly my presence should be an inconvenience for you when i'm protesting al-quds that should be a reminder to you that there are kids dying under the bombs every day when mm-hmm. i'm protesting uh, kashmir there are kids that are being shot with rubber uh, with uh, with pellet, pellet guns. guns yeah that when i'm talking about uh, you know the hazara that they literally in the last 10 years 
we've had how many attacks on the Hazara community? It's how many on the Shia? Yeah. Shia target killing and the genocide of the Hazara community. That's a, you know, and we need to realize that it's okay to be inconvenienced. Exactly. Exactly. And then only the people who are protesting, only mm-hmm. they can, you know, come out and say, okay, how we should modify our protest, not people who are being protected, uh, who are we, protest. who we are protesting against. Exactly. They have no right to, to come out and say how people should and shouldn't protest. So on that uh, note, I would like to end this one. So really appreciate your time, Sarosh. Uh, and uh, shout out to Austin Chaiwala one more time. I'll definitely Thank try you. this when I, when I get there. Is he shipping, by the way? Is he shipping around yeah. the country? Amazon, I can uh, ch- uh, uh, send you the link. Oh, I would definitely love to try it then. If you want to put it on podcast oh, as yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I will. I will for sure. I'll definitely try it myself too. So really appreciate your time, man. Have a good one. Thanks. Exactly. If your uh, 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 listeners that are in Austin, he has a location in Austin and in Houston as well in Sugarland, right oh, by. Perfect. So if they want to come out, check him out. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks All a lot. Right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you.